0: Welcome to the Goalie Hacks Podcast, the show dedicated to
1: providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the
0: next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. All right, bang, bang, and welcome back, hackers, now to the new year of 2022. Uh, with you as always, Mike Santiguita coming at you. Happy holidays, happy new year, and happy turn of 2021. And hope everyone is thinking about, um, you know, where they're looking to point the ship this year and, and had a bit of an opportunity to either uh, look back on the on the first half of the season uh, as well as the entire year since last January to put things into uh, perspective on, on where you've come. And uh, if you look back and, and you're happy with where you've come, Uh, You know, my advice is to keep pushing it to another level. Uh, You know, goaltending is constantly evolving, uh, dynamically changing, constantly being reinvented by passionate individuals out there working to, uh, you know, gain an edge every day they get to training and competing. And you can't rest on your laurels, right? Uh, You know, you have to keep pushing. You have to keep moving forward. You have to keep finding the next level uh, no matter how far you've come. Um, because there's always another level, right? There's a, there's a, there's a better version of you waiting on the other side of wherever you are currently at. You know, if you don't play in the NHL, um, I think it's safe to say that we all have better. And if, if you've listened to the show and if you listen to any NHL goalie, they're constantly learning, they're constantly moving forward. They're constantly evolving, even at the NHL level. And you just have to find a way to, to really unlock what's already inside of you all, um, you know, because you know, every level you go to, you, you go to the, the goal is to dominate, right? Prove you can help people win games at the next level, get that opportunity. Somebody sees you, gives you an opportunity, uh, uh seize it, right? Seize that opportunity, execute, and then rinse and repeat and, and work your way up to dominate that level, right? Fight through challenges and continue to build reputation everywhere you go rinse repeat your entire career right the grind never stops and the guys who make it far love the challenge you know they they love to constantly find the next pole to strive for when they reach their goals and in goaltending that is in a nutshell how you have a long and successful career uh, through ups and downs as they come right there's not all ups there's there's definitely downs along the way Um, but for the people maybe who aren't where they are you know Change doesn't happen overnight, right? Greatness is not achieved in one save or one period or one practice or game. Uh, Neither is your reputation or who you are defined by that either, right? Greatness is achieved and your reputation is built through consistency and commitment to a process that you develop that fits your identity, right? And, you know, we we talk about this idea of identity. You've seen so many guys, I mean... Look at the NHL, uh, 65 goalies, et cetera, Um, you know, and, and, and how many are exactly identical. Uh, it's because those guys worked When they were younger To They worked with coaches They worked on their own time To develop their identity Those things that, that they're strong at That they can lean on Their specific pillars It's why we bring it up In, in every conversation I have with, with active goaltenders Is, is hey, what are your pillars? You know, what's sort of like Your identity that you lean on? Um, because that's really What you come back to when, when things aren't going great Right? And And when you're young It's kind of hard to find your way for one, right? Uh, but two, you know, when you kind of have a hard time, it's, it's hard to stay consistent with that process and be able to identify it. You know, and, and obviously, I, you know, we all have great years. I've personally had great years, right? I've personally had bad years, mediocre years. Um, I think I've had a lot more great years than mediocre and bad. I think that's, that's why I got opportunity at the next level. And I think the one thing that helped me be consistent um, you know, was always, and always find my way was an idea I'm going to share with you guys today. And, and that idea is called the compound effect. And I've mentioned it before in previous solo episodes, you know, um, way back, which I, which I haven't done for a while. I know, but I always like to drop a little snippets for you guys rather than talk your off for an hour. Although I know some people probably enjoy it, but the little tidbits, You know what will do if you take them and you are proactive about applying them in your everyday life and game right like we have hour-long episodes here you know there is probably easily a dozen things in episode that you could take and and go actually take it on the ice rather than just listen you know people listen every week you know go out there and and take one or two things that really resonated with you that you think you'd like to work in your game here and and be proactive about adding it right and, and back to this idea of the compound effect, you know, it simply refers to the idea, for example, and this is Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, which you can go find. Um, it's amazing. Easy, short read. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. And, you know, it, this is the example he uses. If I eat a small cupcake, you know, of 100 calories today, well, it's only 100 calories. You know, you're eating two to 3,000, you know, s- some guys are way bigger. They're eating more a day. You know, but what if I do that every day for a week, and then a month, and then a year, and then five years, and then that's tens of thousands of excess garbage calories that are getting in the way between you and your goal. And obviously, this, this example is very binary with, with calories, but it can be seen with, with so many other things. It can be seen in, in goaltending as well, you know, and, and vice versa. If I eat 100 calories less a day for a week, uh, for a day, week, months, years, et cetera, You know, I'm probably over a long period of time going to be in significantly better shape than if I ate just that little tiny cupcake every day, which didn't seem like much at the time Um, because over long periods of time, you know, the idea is whether you do a little bad or a little good of something, it all constantly adds up and ends up compounding into a significant amount over long periods of time. You know, that's goaltending in a nutshell. And, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. No, nobody goes to the NHL overnight. You know, no, nobody in the history of hockey. Everybody's played minor hockey from even if they started playing minor hockey at 14, they haven't ended up in the NHL at 18. It's still some type of process there. There's still a 5-10 to 10 year minimum period, you know, before these guys are reaching the highest levels of hockey that, that you know, they have to commit to. And, and compound their their knowledge and compound, um, you know, compound their game and their skills, etc. Their skill building, right? And you know, the the idea is, um, it, it's not easy to make change, right? It's it's not easy to stick to your goals. Some some days will be better than others. A thousand percent, that's typical. Like don't don't have you don't have to be perfectionist with perfect expectations. I I think it's safe to say over a 25-year-long career that you're probably going to have some bad days and there's going to be some days where maybe you veer off the path a little bit. Um, but just this year, you know, every every day just just aim to do a little more. You know, one more rep or two more reps or one thing a, a little better when you get tired. You know, like like if you don't work out, don't go do a full two-hour workout like right away. Start and, and you know, start with s- small sizable things you can digest easily and quickly and, and the hunger to do more will build right do five squats today and then stop and that's it go go be with your friends go play video games go to hockey go to school do whatever you want right it, it'll take you probably less than a minute right but tomorrow do another five and then the next day do another five and heck even do two or three squats or push-ups or you know, things that are actually tangible that, that can contribute to your game are concentration concentration grids, hand-eye drills, uh, you're on the ice, 30 seconds of skating, 15 seconds of skating, literally one drill of skating that's 15 seconds at the beginning of every practice. Flowing out, flowing back, T pushes, shuffles, right? Um, and then do it again and again and again. Like Do those little bits every day that are digestible that you can manage to commit to. And when you take on small commitments you can stick to, you end up building up to, to much more uh, than you thought, much quicker than you thought, because you start building habits. And this this method is, is habit-forming in anything you do, whether good or bad. I, I like, you know, if you eat a few chips at night, if you night eat, you know, next thing you know, a month or two, oh, you're, you're night eating a whole bag, and this and that, and the Twinkie, and, uh, you know, etc. And then, you know, you stay up, 15 30 minutes later and then the next night you stay up uh, next week it's an hour and the next month it's two hours next thing you know you're going to bed at 2 3 a.m you got to get up for school at 7 8 and you're not getting the right sleep you need to perform right you know slippery slope uh, bad habits are a slippery slope all habits are a slippery slope that's why we can actually use that to our advantage and you know this is a great quote by warren buffett and it applies to everything not just finance you know uh, but regarding habits And it goes like this. The chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. And truth be told, you know, you can get rid of your most self-destructive habits at any age. And you must have a relentless commitment to practicing the new habits. Powerful stuff and very much true. Uh, so I encourage you, if, if you if you are where you want to be, great, right, push more using the compound effect, the compound method, find a way to get a little more uncomfortable every single day in digestible amounts and in, in maybe a few areas that you want to get better this year. And if you aren't where you want to be, you know, I encourage you to do the exact same. Start small, be consistent and keep going. And I promise if you embrace this concept of of doing a little of something good and progressive every day for this entire year, you know, come next January, you're going to be much happier where you ended up, no matter where you are right now. Um, So goaltending is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And you guys, you know, the guys who make it compound their efforts over years and years of consistency day in and out, no matter how they're feeling, you know, they're obsessively committed to a process. You know, this isn't just this isn't just cliche. Oh, the pro, the process. No, everybody's process is different, right? They're committed to a process that they worked hard to develop and test every day throughout their long careers, and that is what makes them successful at the next level. Work to find your recipe this year. Be creative. Invent new stuff that helps you stop more pucks. You know, go out there and practice. And don't be afraid to fail in pursuit of trying to find your identity and what works for you, right? And, and every day, just do a little bit extra, a little bit more than the average guy. And, and you know, you want to get to the next level. You can't be average, right? We, we need to do more. What, what's everybody doing? Where's the bar at? Okay, what's higher? Who's the highest? If, if somebody's out there outworking me, what are they doing? And a little bit more good than bad, uh, you know, over the course of a year. And eventually we'll all add up. So uh, with that said, you know, today I have Will Cranley coming on the show. uh, Starter for the Ottawa 67s and recent St. Louis Blues draft pick. uh, Actually getting an AHL start recently, which we dive into uh, more into this conversation. And uh, Will's younger goalie, uh, but has a good grasp on his game and where he's heading. And he's a great kid with a bright future. And I'm excited to dive into today's convo. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado... Let's get into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat Will and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by another active junior goaltender, current Ottawa 67 starter, and that gentleman is Will Cranley. And after growing up and spending his minor hockey days uh, playing in the greater Toronto area outside the city in Peterborough and Ontario in central Canada, playing for the Peterborough Pete's U15 and U16 teams. The following year, he went on to play six games in the CCHL, as well as 11 games in the OHL uh, for Ottawa, and two games for Team Canada, Red U17 as a 16-year-old in uh, 2018. And he was drafted sixth round by the St. Louis Blues in 2020, and since then, he's gone on to play an additional 22 OHL games, along with getting a start as an 18-year-old for the Utica Comets in the AHL, spotting a 9-1-3 save percentage in a 210. GAA in his pro debut last season, and it couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show to chat some goaltending development today. Well, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, right on, and and uh, great to have you on, dude. I know you're uh, busy in the middle of your season right now, and uh, so I uh, appreciate you making some time. And I know you're close with Matt Smith, who's a, a good friend and and a friend of the show as well. We've had him on a couple times, and. Uh, he suggested get you on a while back so finally uh glad we could finally connect uh but hope you're doing well and and the season's uh churning along as as we sort of get into winter here but you know maybe you can just give us some insight on how the season's gone for your team so far and some of the challenges you've had to overcome due to COVID up to this point
1: ah the season's been going it's been going um all right we uh got off to a really good start as a as a team there we um ended up working our way into the chl top 10 for one week there nice. and then I unfortunately got a uh, got kind of bit by the injury bug a little bit and we're oh. we're we're really young this year so we lost um some of our older guys to injury and so we've been a uh, been struggling here uh the last 10 or so games just uh with a, a lot of younger guys in the lineup and uh, a lot of inexperience i feel like um but at the end of the day i think uh once we get our once we get our guys back and get in our mojo here it'll be good it's yeah. definitely been uh tough for them with uh covid uh, obviously sure. we uh we lost a year in the ohl and um unfortunately for those guys that we lose that year and then uh they get an injury rate right when we come back it's it's not yeah. great like we lost leading scorer jack back there um mm-hmm. which is like i said it, it's it's tough when uh when you're a young team losing yeah. a, losing well, a guy like good. him but uh we're just looking to keep working forward here get to get to the break we have a big weekend coming up here and hopefully just uh get get back on the right tracks
0: yeah yeah well obviously wish uh you and your squad the the best of luck uh definitely been a, a weird year and obviously tough uh you know coming off a, a season where you didn't really get to play much obviously you had your pro debut which was uh uh, cool to clinch obviously and we'll kind of dive into that um but maybe you can just start off by you know briefly sharing a bit of your story your background how we got to where we are today
1: yeah so i grew up in uh peterborough ontario just uh playing minor hockey there Um, i started off originally before i I started later than everybody else for the most part just grew up wanted Mm -hmm. to go be snowmobiling and that kind of thing be at my cottage be outdoors be kind of just just having fun and I didn't yeah. really didn't really like hockey and then um, <laughs> my dad <laughs> my dad was a goalie and actually uh I saw like I watched my first the Olympics I think was around the time I seen Marc-Andre Fleury with the Penguins win the Stanley Cup and that kind of really got me into goalie also um started playing road hockey a bit and really like playing goalie and road hockey with nice. my with my next door neighbor who actually turns out now to be Arizona Coyote Scout. So, it's no, kind of a small world, but <laughs> yeah. So small world in that sense. So I started playing hockey, like I said, just in Peterborough minor hockey. Growing up, I played house League, moved up to Double A the next year, and then uh, kind of stayed in Triple A up until minor midget. Um, got luckily enough, I had a, I had a good draft year. Uh, we made it to the OHL Cup and everything. Had a, mm-hmm. we had a solid team, um, made it to OHL Cup. Ended up getting drafted by Ottawa. And then uh, just uh, kind of where it went on. Went uh, into my 16 year old year. I had a, definitely a big learning year in my 16 year old mm-hmm. year. I uh, I didn't get a ton of didn't get a ton of experience playing, um, but it was uh, definitely big to be around a goalie coach all the time and be around some of the veteran goalies that I was around in SETI Andre and Mike Di Pietro. Yeah, uh, got sent down. Spent some time in the CCHL. Went on into my draft year. I had a tough start of my draft year and then um luckily right around November was able to kinda of turn that around and got drafted by St. Louis where uh, mm-hmm. got now I got into during the COVID shutdown, I uh, was lucky enough to get into uh, a game in Utica and got get the experience of going up with the team there. Yeah, and for um sure. what now the the year started here and like I said, had a we had a good start, and now, um, like I said, we're just just young and just like I said, learning. I'm getting lots of shots right now. It's a for big sure. learning experience for me, and yeah. it's it's awesome for my development just to kind of be in be in the situation, like getting gr- lots of great a scoring chances. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy to be in the situation and be able to develop and kind of you you don't get this development by not playing in these situations, so I'm happy for about sure. that.
0: Yeah, you sort of learn to be the guy and and make some big saves. And uh, as I'm sure you figured out, even in the American League and pro, you know, they get plenty of grade A scoring chances there, too, even though it's relatively structured. uh, For the most part, you know, you can't really hide when you kind of get to the next level. Right. So obviously it's great. Um, But before we kind of dive in, I guess, to to more of your story, I kind of want to start off and just uh, dive into your personal goaltending philosophy. Uh, obviously, everybody's a little different here and there, but everybody sort of likes hearing, uh, you know, kind of what you build and, and surround your, your game around, three or four pillars, and why you think they're so important.
1: Um, I think for me, the big, like, non-negotiable factors for me are compete and athletic, like competing, and that kind of ties into athleticism, being center and square, and uh, for me, composure. I think those are, like, some of the big pillars of my game and that's what i try and build off of like i said they're non-negotiable for me so usually if i have those in my game i'm i'm playing well and i'm able to give the team a chance to win every night
0: yeah so how how exactly uh you know do you uh y- i guess build that or are there any drills or specifically that you do in practice that you know like hey uh you know i'm gonna work on this today to kind of build some more athleticism or compete level or things you do on a weekly basis
1: um, I think it all comes through uh, kind of the drills. The compete for sure is all, that's all mental. And that's all being, that's being engaged every, mm-hmm. every second, every single shot on the ice, right. whether it be practice games, that's uh like I said, a non-negotiable, you have to have that in your game, no matter how calm or patient you still, at the end of the day, have to compete to make stops and yeah. be competing on the ice for me being centered square. That's something I uh If I'm off a little bit, I can work through drills and practice and composure. Like I said, that's also mental where I got to be able to kind of – I can't really control a lot of the stuff that happens on the ice Mm. and uh, around the rink, so I have to be composed enough and mentally strong enough to uh, kind of stay within within what's important and uh, control like what I can essentially. But I think a a big thing for me is definitely – the, those three and um those they can all be worked on in drills yeah
0: you talk about athleticism and compete level um you know maybe you can just uh skim on that a little bit more are you kind of guy who you know do you have like this kind of switch that when you step on the ice you can kind of turn on that fire or is it kind of hard for you You know, you have to go through certain routines to turn it on. And then you're kind of like that throughout practice. Like, how are you away from the rink versus on the ice? And then what does that look like when you kind of turn it on that, you know, it's time to to battle?
1: Um, I think I'm a pretty laid back guy away from the rink. Um, Definitely not like a super fiery guy. But um, when I get on the ice, what matters is uh, just... What, what like just like i said going in there competing it, t- it it took me a minute to learn that in junior but i think right it's a it's a thing that you have to mentally be engaged and be able to do that and um at the, like i said at the end of the day you got to be able to flip the switch and and get that get yourself in that mode and that in order to continue to grow and be better
0: yeah yeah and then and then you talk about composure um, you know, how do you sort of build that and, and sort of, uh, work to strengthen, I guess, the mental side of the game. So that way, when you get into situations, even like you're kind of, you know, you're detailing right now, how you're kind of seeing a lot of rubber every game, uh, you know, building that composure, what's something that you do to, to kind of fortify that a little bit more? Um, it's just for me, like, uh, mentally
1: kind of re mentally controlling that and kind of backing it. Like, so when I, it's hard to explain really how to be composed you have to uh you just have to have like be in a mentally mental state that you can control yourself and your emotions and uh i think that just takes practice through playing
0: is there is there something that you do specifically to help kind of center you more like uh, mentally that helps you keep that composure if you find you get too high or too low like something some things that you say to yourself
1: yeah, definitely. Just uh, like kind of stay in the moment and uh, kind of control what I can. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. Like I can't control a lot of the stuff. A lot of the stuff that goes on around the rink, or if if my team has a my team has a breakdown, I can't control that. But mm-hmm. I can control just stopping the puck going in there. If I get beat with a goal that like a bad goal, for example, I can control what my attitude is after that and uh, kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then finally you said, uh, center and square are sort of the, the motto of, uh, I guess the, the, you know, the tactical side of, of sort yeah. of the, your positioning game. Uh, yeah. why do you think those are so important and, and, you know, how long have you sort of used that for? Um, I think that's been a big thing
1: since junior for me just, uh, because of, because of how much better the shooters are and how much faster the game is. If, mm-hmm. I'm center and square on every shot. I can kind of give, even if I'm not on my game 100%, I give myself a chance just with my size to stop pucks. Right. If I, as soon as I start getting like, my miss is usually like on a body. If I start getting like center and square to bodies and not mm-hmm. on the stick or not recognizing what way a guy shoots, and I'm, like I said, just even a few inches off, they, there's room around me. And um, fortunately, I'm not going to be able to make every single save if I'm not center and square yeah
0: yeah well give I myself the you...
1: best chance sorry
0: yeah 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 no absolutely and and you know I mentioned how you grew up playing uh in the greater Toronto area outside the, the for the city of Peterborough uh the Peterborough Pete's there you know kind of looking back now obviously you're you're a bit into your junior tenure you know you you had your pro debut but what do you think is probably the most important skill uh that kids should be developing at a young age while they're playing minor hockey that will translate well and uh, help them transition better to the next level when they get to juniors. For me, I think it was just um athleticism um mm.
1: and it's not just within hockey, it's in within other things and I think the big thing is you have to enjoy it. You have to have fun every time you go to the rink. It can't feel like yeah. a job at minor hockey. Um I think that comes with finding a good coach that you really that you really like working with and yeah. that really understands you and um like I said, I think it's just coming to going to the rink every day and uh, having having fun I think that's the the biggest thing that you uh need
0: yeah yeah and then and then looking back when you you know you had your junior debut with the 67s and then I also know you played some games in the the CCHL that season as well uh so maybe we'll kind of start there and obviously I've experienced both and we'll work our way up to major junior but what was sort of the biggest surprise for you as a 16 year old when you went to try and make that jump to juniors for minor hockey um i'm gonna say uh, initially
1: it was uh the speed and uh the quality of the shooters Mm -hmm. like in in minor hockey you're you're with uh obviously the the skill base is a little bit different than junior just in the sense that it's only your age and it's only it's a pool of the best best players but it's not the pool of the absolute best players like there's a lot of teams there's a lot of um a lot of politics and minor hockey that gets players places, whereas sure. in uh, in junior, or major junior, there's uh, none of that. Um, obviously, there's older guys in the league. There's guys five year old five years older than you. Like in my first game, like I had Nick Suzuki shooting on me. So <laughs> yeah, it was a bit a bit wild that way. But um, yeah, like I think that was initially it, and then over time, it just became the biggest transition for me was um, practice. And mm-hmm. not playing as much, mm-hmm. um, I was used to playing about every week in uh in minor hockey, just like most goalies in minor hockey yeah, do for sure, and then I move up to uh the o h l and it's like <laughs> here's a game once every three weeks right and that that sense when you're playing once every three weeks, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and for you don't sure. necessarily know how to deal with that so I think the big thing is is you got to be able to find a find a way to get better and to reinstate those habits in practice you have to learn how to practice the right way Mm -hmm. and learn how to like i said before when i talked about that compete level you got to learn how to find that compete level every day in practice and how to kind of bring that fire out of you
0: yeah yeah so you know the the year before uh you know you said you played some major junior games and then uh you know, and then you're in the CCHL as well. So in 2019, you know, you kind of make the full jump to to junior hockey, Um, you know, in that, that first season you got to play a lot. What was probably the, uh, you know, the area you struggled the most with that first year where you got a lot of games? Um, I'd say once again, not, not playing a lot when you,
1: when you have one, when I started playing more, it was in my draft year. Yeah. So I have that, that added pressure to like, as much as we don't like to think about it, it's there. For sure. And um, I think just like I went through a stretch in my draft year where I was only playing. I played like I went a month without playing. So yeah. you're going a month without playing and you're, you're practicing. You really have to be diligent in practice about your habits, about how you play. You don't just want to be a lunatic out there just diving across the crease all the time because you want the structure in your game, but right. you want to show the coach that you're able to compete still and that you care and that you're trying to do whatever you can to stop Hawks. Right. So it's, it's definitely a balancing act. And I thought that was the, the biggest kind of challenge I, I, I faced in, in that sense. I didn't think yeah. it was speed anymore as much. It was just Like if you, if you have a bad game, you're not, you don't have, you're not playing the next day to kind of get back on the right track. You're waiting two weeks, save two weeks thinking Mm -hmm. about that and kind of end up overthinking a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for kids looking to make a smooth transition to junior hockey in the near future one day, you know, what's it, what's some advice you want to share with kids out there now that maybe you wish you, you would have known when you, when you were making that jump initially as a 16 year old. Um, I think it's just
1: about, you gotta, you gotta compete. And uh, mm. but I I think the other thing is is there's no rush to play the highest level of junior that you can. Right. Like an important thing is playing in games, and I think um, that playing in games is ultimately you can practice a lot of things, but actually getting in games and kind of developing in game is it's 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 a thing in itself. For sure. Like you have you to do it there. in order to get that experience. So I think there's that I'd I'd recommend for people like it, it's very rare that a 16 year old gets a, sh- a shot at playing in, in sure. the ohL and or in major junior for even so I think like just make sure you're playing um make sure that you're you getting in the opportunity to play make sure that you have the right mindset and practice and that you understand kind of what what practice is and what the next level is like mm-hmm yeah, I think that's what I'd recommend is just kind of make sure you're playing, make sure make sure you have the right practice habits. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Obviously, uh, everybody wants the the jacket, so to say, of of playing yeah, junior. Like exactly sixteen, you know, you're ready to make the jump, and everybody's oh, you're gonna make the junior. You know, even when I was, uh, you know, sixteen, you kind of you, you go you go to like a junior tryout, and it kind of wakes you up a bit. You're like, holy, this is a a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, um, you know, and then like you said, you know, it's funny when I played junior a long time ago, uh, you know, I didn't end up starting the season. Even my my dad kind of made that choice. He was like, you know what, like you're no good sitting on a bench all year. You know, you're going to stay and play midget and you're going to play and you're going to go affiliate with, uh, you know, for me at the time it was with, it was in the OJ with Orangeville with Dale Howarchuk. And, uh, it took me like, you know, half a season to kind of get up to speed to just, uh, get to a point where you can help the team win a game versus just getting in a game and yeah, you, 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 you played and you played good, but can you help the team win a game, which is all exactly what what I think a lot of young guys miss is like, yeah, like you could go play junior, but are you going to win that game? Are you going to help that team win that game when you go play junior? So, uh, and then, and then by the end of the season, you know, I think I, I affiliated like almost, uh, you know, 13 games. They didn't even put my name like on the Jersey, like at, this is like, uh, yeah. Oh my God. This is like back in 2007, eight where like point streak was like just invented and they like yeah. lied about like nameplates and stuff like that. Um, but the guys who ended up who are affiliated ended up playing more games at the end of the year than the guys that signed like at the beginning of the season got scratched yeah. every game. Right. So, yeah. you know, everybody wants a jacket. You got to kind of take a step, uh, and just say, you know, what's sort of the, in the best interest of my development, um and you you kind of go from there because you do have five years to play junior right you don't have to go right away yeah exactly Uh, and i'm not and i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna bat
1: like i'm not bashing junior whatsoever like don't get me wrong if you're great enough to play in that in the league and you're gonna get games and you know you're gonna get games and you're gonna be able to develop i think and for me like i was in a great situation there for sure and i had like lots of great support great goalie coaches but i know there's a lot of places where that's not necessarily the case so Like I said, I was fortunate enough to be in a position like that. But um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And I I think
1: the other thing is, too, is just like no matter the decision you make, it's just about trusting the process. Like, Mm -hmm. just keep developing you're gonna find ways to develop and i think it's it's just about that like at the end of the day you just got to keep getting better everybody who makes it to the next level to pro is just keep continues to get better
0: yeah yeah and last year you know during covid like we mentioned had an opportunity to get your pro debut uh spotting some awesome numbers and a great performance which uh, must have felt good to to get under your your belt but you know when you got there what what was the area that sort of surprised you the most either about the the a h l or pro hockey in general compared to juniors and maybe you can just detail to everyone what sort of the the hardest part about transitioning from juniors to to the american league was initially
1: um i think the the biggest thing is like they they still like the schedule is pretty similar as in um like the like obviously to a bigger extent but traveling you're like the OHL is a very good league that way like is in the sense yeah. where we've done the traveling we uh we're working out all the time mm-hmm. that kind of thing it's just goes to a whole other level when it's your job I think a lot of them like just obviously the speeds increase the decision making's increase. that's the biggest thing is probably how fast guys make plays yeah in the American League mm-hmm. um and I would say that was probably the hardest transition was just like how fast things unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much like the, the shot speed. Obviously, like you're playing against men, so the shots are there. But yeah. um, I, it's just mentally, everybody's quicker and um, more mature. I think that was the the biggest thing, the biggest separation between uh, yeah. pro and junior.
0: Yeah, and then I guess for kids looking to make that jump to to pro hockey or, or the higher levels of pro hockey, what's something? You know that they should be aware of, or some advice you have in terms of what they should be uh, prepared for when they finally get there.
1: Um, it's just like it turns into a job at that point, right? Like it's, yeah. it's a business. Um, you gotta just. I think you just have to go in there, trust yourself. You gotta control what you can. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like it's pro hockey. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of uh, now there's money on the line. Now there's all this Definitely. stuff, all this stuff that's not there before. So it's about being able to kind of put that aside and just go out there and play hockey. At the end of the day, it's the same game as a junior or wherever you played before, college, um, pro in a different in a different country. It's all yeah. the – I think it's all – it's the same game. It just you have to obviously be faster, more mature. But um, I think at least when I was there, the, the difference was it, it, it turns into a job. and um, For sure. It's still fun. Don't get me wrong. It just
0: – 100% yeah it's It's just managing all the all the different all the different layers and and emotions that come along with the fact that uh you know i think one of the the biggest distractions you know for guy obviously you were you were there for a short stint but just the amount of transactions that that sort of go on in even a week or a month right you know the the team uh teams rarely you know look uh exactly identical at the end of the year as they did at the beginning yeah, of the year exactly. when things started guys are up um, and down
1: between nhl clubs echl yeah, clubs yeah all that stuff at, at, like at the end of the day when they're in pro they're they're not doing it for themselves but they've they look at themselves first and uh just how they're gonna bring what they can to the team to help them yeah, win and have, have success
0: Absolutely, and obviously, you're looking to make that that jump and transition to the NHL in the, in the near future. Hopefully, as I mentioned, uh, drafted by the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but after getting your your t- your first taste of pro hockey, like, what exactly are some of the biggest changes you know you've had to make, uh, or you've made personally, like that you've wanted to make that you think are necessary adjustments uh, to sort of be ready for the NHL? I think it's um, it's all for me at least
1: it's obviously i need to keep developing this my skill my skill set but i think the biggest thing is uh just just continuing to trust the process i think um just continue stepping up my mental sp- like the mental mm-hmm. speed i just talked about mm-hmm. i think uh, that needs to kind of be better and um I'm, I'm continuing to work on how I, how well i read the game and all that kind of stuff and what i can do to to help help that out um mm-hmm. but from a sense i think i just gotta just gotta keep working keep trusting the process keep trusting what yeah. i'm doing and uh just like i said keep getting better every
0: single time i'm on the ice and that yeah. that'll pay off yeah and what, what do you think something about pro hockey that there's uh you know sort of a big misconception around uh, for amateur goalies and parents and coaches that you think sh- there should be more clarity on Um, I think a lot of the big misconception about pro hockey is that these guys,
1: like when you, I know at least in my minor hockey, like parents would talk about, some parents would talk about pro athletes as being like, about how dedicated, like they, they would make it seem almost like obviously it's an exaggeration, but the guys literally live at the rink. Yeah. Like that these guys like literally live at the rink. They don't do anything else, but play (laughs) hockey, sleep and eat like (laughs) where that's honestly not the case these guys all have families they are all they all have a ton of balance in their lives right right they're all like they they all have time away from the rink they all have certain times where they're like where they have fun they do things that aren't hockey they have hobbies all this stuff on the side that Mm kind of keep them stable and keep them mentally like well they're like they they're nor as much as they're not normal people they're obviously very good at their sport very good at what they do they still have like normal lives outside of hockey
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's uh you know you 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 have a ton of autonomy essentially as a pro hockey player like you yeah you come to the rink in the morning and you you know you have to spend your kind of your your you know two to three four hours at the rink
1: exactly and those guys are the the time they spend at the rink, the, the very best, like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like they're unbelievable. Their work ethic, everything is insane. Just mm. when they leave the rink, like, yes, they're eating right. Yes. They're doing the right things. Just, they still have balance in their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I want to briefly dive into your routines a little bit on and off the ice. Um, Cause everybody sort of loves hearing this portion, but maybe you can just kind of take us through your game day routine uh, maybe the night before you know uh all the way to game time and how you get ready to play every day
1: the night before i think i try and keep
0: it a little bit loose
1: i'm not really too too worried about the game the next day i just try yeah. and make sure that i have a good meal the night before that i'm kind of mentally feeling good i get a good sleep that's the big things for me i'm well rested yeah. um usually the day before i'll have a workout a nice workout to uh just kind of feel good um and what then, do you
0: do in your workout?
1: Uh, usually it's like an arm workout and some core. Like nice. it's a legit workout. And then I'll I'll usually go to bed, wake up in the morning. And uh, depending on what time the game is, usually I'll get like go to the rink in the morning if it's a seven o'clock game and just have a grab a stretch with it and mm-hmm. maybe play some sewer with the boys. Mm-hmm. Like that's like maybe 10 o'clock. And, but I'll make sure I, I have a good breakfast. I have a good pregame meal usually then uh once once i get to the rink i'll tape my sticks roll my body and kind of warm up with the team do some hand eye before i go on the ice for warm-up but that's pretty much it it's nothing too crazy just i want to keep it you
0: uh you take any you take a nap at all
1: yeah i I do have a nap what time and how long uh not usually i don't really i like to wake up like an hour before i want to head over to the rink yeah at least an hour and then i want to want to take about an hour now nothing too too long just a nice. kind of a yeah just kind of a refresh
0: nice and then and then you know after you get scored on uh actually before we go there we'll we'll kind of you know go to sort of uh like how you deal with game time anxiety obviously um you know you're in the ohl ohl amazing league um you know you're playing future NHLers on any given night but at the same time uh, you know, you play big games, you have games that guys come out to see. Obviously, stakes are high, lots of pressure there, uh, along with, with everybody playing wherever they are, trying to make it to the next level. So what's sort of your mental routine like during a game to help you avoid uh, game time performance anxiety? And what are sort of some of the, uh, the anchor techniques, either internal or external, that you use to center your, your focus and eliminate distractions regularly? Um, I think for me, it's about kind of controlling. Like, I have to be positive
1: with myself yeah um that's a big thing just so you, you, you have like when a lot of self-talk talk? yeah when i'm when i ha- when i'm doing self-talk i just try and be conscious of it when i'm playing just like stuff that i can control what, like what can i control what can i not control yeah all this stuff and i just want it to be positive i want to tell myself positive things and mm-hmm. uh, usually that that works out good for me and like i said it's just about controlling what i can i can't control all of basically all of that stuff yeah I literally can do nothing about it what people do what people say at the rink what what my team does at the rink right all of this stuff the only thing I can control is my play so I just try and kind of focus on that and do what I can to like usually I do what I can to give my team the best
0: chance I can at winning yeah so what what are you know just a couple of examples of of things that maybe you repeat to yourself like throughout the game that you use as sort of um you know to to help you stay positive um i'll just tell myself like i I like to stay conscious about my thoughts like
1: something comes into my head just like kind of separate it and say okay what am i thinking about Mm. like because at the time like subconsciously like you really don't pick up on it but i I really try and focus on what i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. um and then like I said, if something negative comes into my head, like, oh, I, like, what if they score like uh, I can't control that. Right, right. I just try and, like I said, kind of cut, make a, make a, a cut in the, in the thought and put it aside. If, if it's something that I can't control or is negative. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that's basically, that's basically it. One, take, try and take it one shot at
0: a time. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And what, what sort of your routine after you get scored on? Like, what do you do mentally and physically? Like, do you, is there something you do specific?
1: Um, I'll analyze the goal a little bit just before the puck drops again, I'll analyze yeah. the goal and then kind of decide what I think about it. Like it, like for me, an example is like, Oh, is that a good goal? Is it a goal I can stop? Is it, uh, mm. how, how do I do it in the future? Just make a little note of it and then put it aside i got a whole other game to play so yeah yeah i think a big thing is just being able to move on from that yeah do
0: you do you like do anything with your water or skate around the crease or anything like that that you sort of stick to like every time oh not really no like so you just you kind of go goes in do you do you take the puck out of the net yourself or do you let the ref take it out of the net
1: (laughs) uh i i don't dive into it too much like i I don't know (laughs) Like I don't really think <laughs> about what I'm doing. About, like, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. the puck went in the net whether I took it out or not. Like you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Got yeah. it. Perfect. Well,
0: well, finally, uh, you know, I'm curious. Like during the week, on and off the ice, uh, what are two of your biggest hacks for for an on ice drill you do and, and an off ice drill you do, um, or, either or to help you sort of get an edge over the competition, stay ahead of everyone? Yeah,
1: um, I don't really have anything like specific. Like I don't do the same drill over and over again, so to say. Yeah. Like there don't get me wrong, there's drills I'll do, but I want drills that make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like on the ice. So especially. that's sort of like
0: your hack is like constantly putting yourself in uncomfortable situations.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if I constantly do that, like other stuff I think at least will come easy. Yeah. So like I I, I set up drills where there's a lot of grade A scoring chances, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of um like passing in the slot. Mm -hmm. where i have to it's challenging me to hold my feet challenging Mm -hmm. my patience all that stuff and um that that, so that's big for me and then yeah off the ice i think once again it's being uncomfortable being comfortable being uncomfortable yeah um i think uh like my gym back home hybrid fitness has a great they have a great goalie specific uh plan that i do and i've been with them for a, a long time but the combination of like tendon mu- and muscle strengthening along mm. with like flexibility right after it. I think those are two huge things off the ice. And just kind of, another thing I think is that is a big thing is my discipline off the ice. Mm. I just, uh, just try and do the right things all the time. And like, a, like that comes down to sleep, putting the right things in my body. I think right. that's a, a big thing that get, that goalies need or players in general, athletes yeah. in general yeah on off the ice is all these habits that uh kind of
0: make so, the difference so so what time do you usually get to bed on any given night and and what does your diet typically look like i guess uh
1: i'm usually in bed nine thirty to 10 mm, generally nice. every night and then my diet's pretty much it. it's simple just a meat carb and vegetable yeah don't get me wrong i'll i'll have cheap meals but i just try
0: to uh make sure that i'm getting good food in my body most of the time right and and finally uh i'm just curious like what's probably the biggest adversity up to this point you face in your career and and how exactly did you overcome it um i would say uh, i'd probably say getting sent down to
1: junior a in my ohl uh 16 year old year i think for me that was a or um yeah i'd say that was it just in general when you're uh in the OHL. Um, like I, I had no clue it was com- coming kind of thing. Like I right. thought I was, I was there. I was, uh, getting better every day. I was working hard. I was at the rink just trying to try, kind of doing the, I thought I was doing the right things and it yeah. had nothing to do with my performance, why I got sent down. It was just the team. Our team at the time was very good. And we had the opportunity to get a very obviously one of the best goalies in junior at the time, mm-hmm. Mike DiPietro. So, um, that was just like a, a lot of adversity of adversity just to be sent down and kind of gr- grind and continue to develop in a, in a place that I didn't see myself. But yeah. uh, like I said, it worked out in the end and I was happy all that, all that stuff about being, being sent down. I like learned how to work. I got in hockey games that I talked about earlier when right. I, when I wasn't getting any games, I uh, got to work with our goalie coach all the time. There was a mm-hmm. stretch there where we were in playoffs that I, I was on the ice every day with the goalie coach, like working on my skating, which is right. Right. drastically improved now. And I like, I think that as much as it was adversity for me at the time, it was uh, it helped me out in the long run a ton.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, right on. Will, you, you have any last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? Um, not really. I think
1: it's just – For young goalies out there, just trust yourself, like know that you're doing the right things and just keep kind of keep developing. That's the biggest thing. At the end of the day, you just gotta keep getting better. That's what separates the best. They just continue to get better.
0: Absolutely. Well, Will, thank you so much for uh coming on, buddy. Always love having active goaltenders out there, you know. Uh really just experiencing what it's like currently is is you know, the game of goaltending is always changing uh, every generation sort of has a new face and the game's constantly evolving and and dynamically changing. So I know today we'll just, you know, shed a ton of light on what it takes to get to the next level and find success. But can you just let every, uh, uh, everyone know where they can get in touch with you online?
1: Um, yeah, my, uh, Instagram is will Cranley at will Cranley. And my, uh, Twitter is at will Cranley 70.
0: Right on. So go check out Will Cranley. All the links will be available in the show notes if you want to go connect with him. And he's played at the next level and experienced tons of success for years now. And know he's got a very bright future ahead of him. So maybe somewhere down the road, you know, I know you got to you'd be making your pro debut again soon, but hopefully we can have you back on the show sometime if that interests you, man yeah absolutely right on man well i'm grateful you're coming on buddy good luck as we roll into the the thick of the season you take care stay safe and we'll chat soon man sounds good thank you thank you for having me Thanks for tuning into to this week's episode, Goalies. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come on to the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune back into the show in two weeks and every other Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. This next episode, I have former BCHL national champ, and junior standout turned college and now pro veteran, Michael Gartag, and currently playing over in one of the top leagues in Europe in Finland. And we had a blast of a conversation going through his entire career uh, and all the ups and downs he's faced along his journey. And it's been a quite a long one with much success and, and plenty of challenges for him that he details in the conversation. And I know you guys aren't going to want to miss this one, so make sure to tune back next episode. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the Goalie Hacks podcast. And just as a note here, if you enter into this giveaway, even if you don't win, uh, we select four winners a month, and, and that includes books, uh different products training products uh neuro tracker subscriptions we give away all sorts of things we pick four people a month and even if you don't win uh one month you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway so to enter the giveaway if you're an apple user simply go to the apple podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating and if you're an android user you can also download itunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well and once you leave a review of the podcast Just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you in two weeks.